Welcome to the WFUV's What's What podcast. It's Thursday, December 22nd. The What's What podcast explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues surrounding the New York metropolitan area, but stretches out for a wider view, including features, interviews, and music news exclusively from WFUV. New episodes are weekdays at 3, and you can subscribe where you get your favorite podcasts or find out more at WFUV.org. I'm Robin Shannon. In today's headlines, severe winter weather is threatening holiday travel on some of the busiest days of the year. A so-called bomb cyclone is expected to wreak havoc across the U.S. and disrupt holiday travel plans. Heavy snow and ice is causing planes and trains to cancel travel, as many are trying to get home for the holidays. However, the East Coast, including New York, is expected heavy rain and wind into the holiday weekend. Netflix says its plans to build a state-of-the-art production facility at the former Army base at the Jersey Shore. The subscription video streaming company will pay $55 million for the former Fort Monmouth military base in Eatontown. The project will create new housing, hotels, and film-related businesses in the area, which has suffered economically since the Army closed the base in 2011. The project will be completed in two phases over the course of several years. The Empire State Building shines blue and white tomorrow in honor of the Jewish holiday Hanukkah. Then on Saturday and Sunday, the building will turn green, red, and white with an hourly Hanukkah sparkle in celebration of the overall holiday season. Well, tonight is the world premiere of a play about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Darkness After Night Ukraine follows an honorable Russian officer sympathetic to Ukraine who is about to be executed for treason against the government he has served all his life. It's at the theater for the new city in Manhattan. The shortlist for Oscar nominees are out, including Best Original Song and Best Documentary Feature. There are 15 in the Original Song category. They include David Burns' This Is a Life, Nora Jones, Dustin Ash, and Lady Gaga's Hold My Hand. The shortlist for Best Documentary includes Brett Morgan's David Bowie film, Moon Age Dream, and Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen, A Journey. The Oscar nominees will be announced on January 24th. Okay, okay, I know. I know Christmas isn't here yet, and we are in the midst of Hanukkah. But if you're looking for a way to ring in 2023, then here are a few things for you to do. Of course, you have the Times Square ball drop, but if you want to avoid the crowds, the Times Square Alliance is hosting a free live webcast on New Year's Eve starting at 6 o'clock. You can also stream the festivities at timesquareball.net. You can also watch Dick Clark's New Year's Rockety with Ryan Seacrest. That starts at 8 o'clock on ABC and has performances by Fitz and the Tantrum, Sierra, Duran Duran and BTS's J-Hope, who's performing a song from his critically acclaimed debut solo album, Jack in the Box. CNN will have a live New Year's Eve show hosted by Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen with performances by Usher, Ellie Goulden and Patti LaBelle. Grand Army Plaza in Brooklyn is hosting an evening of music before fireworks at midnight and fireworks also go off in Central Park. Caroline's, which announced its closing, will present its final two shows. And runners can welcome 2023 with the New York Roadrunners' four-mile midnight run in Central Park. In 1992, a group of New Yorkers gathered in Washington Square Park to participate in the first unsilent night. Each person had a boombox preloaded with a cassette tape. Each tape featured a different track from the four-part electronic piece created by composer Phil Klein. Klein counted to three and the group pressed play. 
Slowly, the music filled up the park and Unsilent Night was born. WFUV's Megan Oftermat takes us downtown to listen to the 30th anniversary performance of this musical artwork. Okay, um, are we ready? Yeah! I remember the moment we started it. Uh, it. We were sort of near the Washington Square Arch on Fifth Avenue, and just the way the sound bounced along the streets, it just seemed to come from nowhere and everywhere. It sounded great. And after we were done, somebody said, let's do it next year. That's Phil Klein, the composer of Unsilent Night. And what you just heard was his four-part piece, filling up the emptiness of Washington Square Park on a cold, crisp night in December. Klein has been leading this group from the Washington Square Arch to Tompkins Square Park every year for the past 30 years. His daughter, Clementine, has been counting down for the past 15. I don't remember coming up with the idea. It was just suddenly there. Write a piece of music that's the length of one 90-minute cassette. That's 45 minutes on one side. And write it in four tracks so that when people get together, they'll be playing slightly different things. And all these decades later, people are still pressing play on one of the four tracks. I haven't chosen four before, so I'm excited. I never go for four, so why not? That's Liz DeVino. She's a composer herself. She's been a part of this communal orchestra ten times. This time, she and her friends came early to get some of Klein's preloaded vintage boomboxes. I think it's going to be kind of cacophonous, all these these different tracks playing at the same time, and it might be strangely beautiful, or it might just be like an audio mess. I'm just going to play whatever's on the boombox. Oh, it's a surprise. Oh, there we go. Davino bends down to look at the yellow tape numbering the boombox, but it looks like her friends are in for a surprise. While this group is sporting Bluetooth speakers and vintage boomboxes, others in the crowd have brought homemade devices. I am holding what I call the phono stick. It is a phonograph wireless speaker on a stick. I used to run the Unsilent Night in San Francisco, and this is how I, I led the, the procession. That's Aaron Almanza. He runs the LGBT National Help Center. I saw him and his phono stick from across the park and made a beeline for him. So this is my first time here. Uh, definitely more people. Uh, that's great. But Aaron says there's something New York and San Francisco have in common. The same camaraderie, people talking to each other. That's always been my favorite part of hearing the conversations as people wander through it. Other cities have been hosting on Silent Night for years. In 2000, Klein got an email from someone in Tallahassee, Florida. And that's when the music started to make its way around the country and eventually the world. And uh, they were the very first ones to do it outside of New York. And then over the next few years, it just started picking up in all sorts of ways. More and more people wanted to do it. And then my crowd started getting bigger. In the early 2000s, we had crowds of seven or 800. One year, it was well over 1,000. It was kind of scary. Now, Klein says the piece has taken on a life of its own. It's a little bit like parenting in the sense that if you're lucky, you just see your child and you realize at a certain point, you're going to be fine without me. They're really good kids. And I feel like that that way about the piece. It's a really good piece. Uh, it works for a lot of people. It's very flexible. It can be done anywhere. It can mean whatever you want it to mean. Yeah, it's kind of Christmassy, but it's uh, whatever. It's like a winter meditation, too. 
basically the, the the dominating thing is kind of like a snowy, tingly, shimmering, oscillating, moody with with chanting, and it ranges between contentment and sheer joy. Somebody said, why did you write it? I said, as a gift. And then I realized it's a gift to me too. So thank everybody for coming and being part of it every year. With WFUV News, I'm Megan Oftermat. That was WFUV's Megan Oftermat reporting from Washington Square Park about the 30-year legacy of Unsilent Night in New York City. Well, that's our show for today. The WFUV's What's What podcast is taking a break for the holidays, but it will return in January. You can still check out your past favorite episodes on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Robin Shannon. Happy holidays.